Welcome back to Basic Snitches. I'm Tara. And I'm Adam. And today we are discussing chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch. Yeah, that's right. So let's jump right into it. No. This is bad. <laughs> this we, is not. It doesn't sound good when we have our shit together. It sounds really boring and we, we are like not boring. We are not NPR. This is not NPR. Nope. nope. We tried. We act sometimes. Hi, we're drink- guys. We're drinking wine now. Yes, we found the wine. Earlier, it was like a little bit early for wine, even for us. I mean, speak for yourself. I uh, thought about we, it. I've been drinking wine before noon, before. It's a Sunday. It's 2.30 right now. It's wine time. I mean, it's always wine time. It's also pie day. We have pie. Well, oh, yeah. Adam had pie. He finished his. I have a half a piece. Tara's a poser because she only ate part of her pie. I was full. I don't want to, like, not enjoy it, so... I suck that pie down faster than <laughs> Percy Weasley sucks 10 dicks in one. Which is really fast, because he's really good at it. <laughs> Hashtag head boy. So Adam sent me a thing for chapter 28, but first, real quick, winner loser of chapter 27... Um, Can we try to see what chapter this is? Yeah, I, I literally oh, just said Oh, when we were NPR. We were I also NPR. actually just said it right now. The Madness of Mr. Crouch? I said the chapter number. Oh. But I, we did say the title earlier. Chapter 27. What happened? <laughs> Loser, chapter 27. I'm sure it's pretty... Uh, it's not obvious. It could be a dual loss. It's but I'm giving it the loss to Snape. He's physically here, so I hate him more. The winner of the chapter, which is a great adversary to Snape, serious. Oh, I thought you were going to say Buckbeak. Oh, Buckbeak wins the whole series just for uh, yeah. being Buckbeak. Well, you heard a year. Buckbeak is, is the Potter best. Anymore. I mean, I think it's like extra good if Sirius wins a chapter that Snape loses. Yeah, sure. They hate each other. It's good times. Great. I love hating people. It's fun. Now you should read my thing. Oh, yeah. So Adam wrote this thing. He clearly cannot wait for me to read. It's nice and long. Good. I've just just like my driveway. Chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch. Time for Dobby to receive presents. Yay, Dobby! While the trio visits the kitchens, they check up on Winky and woo boy, is she a mess. Remember when Hermione said she'd get over it? Girl, no. Never tell someone going through trauma to just get over it because they end up becoming an alcoholic. That there, ladies and gentlemen, is the basic snitch's origin story. I did not come here to be attacked. Well, then why are you even here? Every <laughs> single episode, all I do is insult you. Yes, I know. So yes, you did come here to be attacked. <laughs> in her drunken stupor, Winky continues to say that everyone is nosing into her and Mr. Crouch's business. Hermione then gets even more pushy and tells all the elves that they deserve happiness and the forced group therapy session gets angry. In true house elf fashion, they force them out of the kitchen with a tray of donuts. At lunch, Hermione gets a whole bunch of hate mail, including some that is damaging by the equivalent of a bunch of internet trolls. Hey Hogwarts, you have magic. Why don't you have some sort of email filter from everything the owls bring? Hermione is resilient in these letters, but of course the boobatuber pus causes her hands to grow boils and this sends Hermione to the hospital wing. Pug bitch notices when Hermione isn't in Herbology or the beginning of Care of Magical Creatures. Somebody put a leash on Pug bitch because she has gone too far. Oh, but Care of Magical Creatures is amazing. The best character in the whole series is introduced. Nifflers! Oh yeah, Nifflers is the winner of the series, not <laughs> Hagrid has a curriculum now that isn't dangerous, and Ron's Niffler gets the most coin, Henny. It's a great filling to the sandwich made with shit bread that this chapter is. They also learn that Leprechaun's gold vanishes. Gee, could that be important to something that happened previously in this book? 
Well, sort of, because Ron recognizes that he didn't actually pay Harry back for the omnoculars and feels bad for being poor. And we all feel bad for Ron. My, that's a refreshing change of pace after the first two-thirds of this book. When Hermione returns to class, she cusses Rita out and vows to avenge herself and figure out how Rita's been getting all of her information. You go, HBIC. Squash that bug. Rita is no longer fabulous, by the way. Ironically, she is now devoid of charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. If you catch my drift. Speaking of gay catchphrases, they get their letter back from Percy, and as usual, he's so much a dick that he wishes he could suck himself. McGuh tells Harry he needs to go meet Bagman at the Quidditch pitch, which is now a whole bunch of hedges. Bagman can't hold still as he reveals that the third task is a maze. Then Victor pulls Harry aside just to make sure Harry isn't encroaching on his woman, and Harry clears things up. Crumb feels better and compliments Harry, justice for Crumb. Oh, but unfortunately, nothing of the sort is on the horizon, because then the most horrifying thing happens in the entire series up to this point, when a maniacal, bloodied-up, feral version of Mr. Crouch comes hobbling out of the woods, looking like the undead, stuttering at Harry and thinking he's Weatherby. Wow, what an insult. And grasping at him to go get Dumbledore. Amid his fractured speech, we learn that Bertha Jorkins is dead. Oh, honey, at this point, we've been new. And that something about his son is all his fault. Harry tells Crumb to stay put and runs into the castle. As usual, Snape is no help whatsoever, but Dumble's ears been ringing, so he comes out of his office and goes down to where they found Crouch. Crouch and Victor are both gone until they find Victor unconscious. Dumble revives him and Crumb says that Crouch attacked him and escaped, and now Crumb needs a rabies shot. Karkaroff, Hagrid, and Fang also show up, to which Igor suddenly starts blathering about how this whole tournament was rigged, and Hagrid picks him and yeets him. Dumble is like, Hagrid, huh? Take a chill pill. Get Harry the fuck out of my sight. And all the way back up to see Fat Amy. Hagrid is kind of racist. Wow, this chapter was something else. You you start to lose it there at the end there. What does that mean? You were getting like out of breath because it was so long. Yeah, it was very long. You had to read that thing for 10 hours. Yeah. There's a lot that happens in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't need to talk about it because you said it all in the thing. That's it. <laughs> Ready to talk about the movie? Just kidding, we have to do Fuck, Mary Kill first. Okay, so Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> Hedwig is working again. Yes, she's like, can finally. I got feelings too. That's right. I got bills to pay. Now she can stop stripping and get back into the postal <laughs> service. Now is where they also ask households for snacks. And Which is nice until Hermione fucks it up. And speaking of messes, Winky is a fucking mess. She's a mess. I feel so bad for Winky, a little baby. I do feel bad for her. I'm mad at the other house elves for kind of being like, oh, she's terrible. Try to, well, try to... they're kind of taking care of her too. You yeah. Know. It's all very uncomfortable. I feel like the nature of house elves too, maybe like, it's unfortunate that when one of their own is down, they're not railing around her to mm -hmm. help her. Like that would be something very nice to see after all of this. But I think they're doing the best that they can. If she isn't willing or able, I think it's more like able at this point because she's completely like immobilized by her grief still. Yeah, she's having a really rough time. Hermione said earlier when they were in the kitchen, oh, she'll get over it. Not a great thing to say. And this is where we see more of Hermione's disregard for Winky's mental health. Well, and she said she kind of uses the deterioration that 
Winky has undergone to kind of push forward her agenda a little bit. She's yeah. kind of like, you know, you all deserve to be happy and, and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if she uses Winky, but I think seeing Winky kind of lights a fire under her ass about it in the wrong kind of way. This is not what she wants to see. She wanted to be right that Winky would get over it. Winky didn't get over it. And Hermione kind of makes her believe that she's even more right. It shouldn't get this bad that it happens to this elf that she's completely thrown herself over. You should all be happy. I think she's trying to come up with some sort of solutions from the pieces that are here that mm-hmm. still meet her agenda. It's a weird, like, discordance because the house elves, like, aren't caring for their own kind, like I had said. And in this case, Hermione is kind of disregarding Winky's mental health and thinking, like, oh, well, what happened should have given you more mental health? Which is weird because Hermione has been so good through this entire book where it comes to humans in terms of mental health and, like, the best way to, like, manage relationships or whatever. For herself, like, the reaction to Rita's article, Mm -hmm. but also to Harry, like, that walk that she took with him after him and um, Ron got into it and everything. So this is a really, like, almost out-of-character thing where the circumstances don't match with the reality that Hermione thinks should happen. So she's trying to figure out how to make sense of it. I think she's too far gone on what she thinks is the right way to handle this. Because it's unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, not what she thought would actually happen. Seeing Winky in this state and still saying that Crouch is her master, trying to protect his secrets and everything, I'm actually going to take a page out of Tara's book. And I'm going to say that this is sad. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to be the sad one. Knowing Crouch's history and seeing Winky like this and how it's yet another creature being that he's kind of pushed aside and lost in his goal of trying to like keep up appearances and maintain this kind of ego it makes it even more sad because it shows how isolated crouch is and then when you see him come out of the woods at the end of the chapter it emphasizes the entire spiraling that happens and it, it feels very very tragic to me I think why I'm so frustrated with the movie is that there's all this brilliantly created tragic history for the Crouch family. And you get absolutely Zero of it. We'll also get into the fact that there's all this brilliantly written tragic history for Neville's family that the movie doesn't give us either. This is really rich backstory. We're not able to appreciate it as much. In the movie? Yeah. I mean, we can appreciate well, well, I mean, it's not there. It's not even just in general, because it's not honored in the movie, and in the book, it's strong. There are so many instances of families being torn apart by dark wizards. And, and this is a different type of story than others. Yes. It's not like Harry's or even Neville's or anybody else's, because there's so many of those. The Weasley family, they, mm. to an extent, get torn apart by dark wizards. The Diggory family... This does show a different perspective of how the social construct of this world is damaging to a family unit. I think that this is maybe one of the strongest examples in the series. I think so too. Almost overlooked. It shouldn't be. Last book, we talked about the seven deadly sins too, and like where they become more prevalent. Um, And as the 100th episode is coming up, we were kind of looking at some of the themes. This is definitely one that I want to see in the future. Probably not for the 100th episode, but... (laughs) 
This is a perfect example of pride in the sense that it is Barty Crouch's attempt at upholding his ego and doing whatever he possibly can and throwing away whoever he possibly can for simply himself, mm -hmm. which is not typically what we think of in pride. I think pride tends to usually be very surface level and this is very deep as well. Yeah, I think it is really, really sad in terms of someone's entire trajectory. Some of the other times when Tara's talked about things being sad, it's about more like an isolated incident mm -hmm. with Harry, with Neville, with another character. With the characters that we spend time with yeah. and that we like and care about. That we see everything with, too. Yeah. We don't... We're, I don't like Mr. Crouch. I don't think you like Mr. Crouch. No, but it's still unfortunate. But his like, story is tragic. It became more compelling and tragic with this moment and seeing Winky. Obviously, y'all know I'm not as familiar with the books. I'm more of the movie familiarity I don't think Winky gets better. I don't really think she does. She gets physically better than this because the next option is for her to not live anymore, you yeah. know? I think that it's important, and you brought it up just a few minutes ago, that she mentions that she keeps Mr. Crouch's secrets. The only house elf we've met is Dobby before this. And we already know that Dobby kept all the Malfoy secrets even though he wanted to share them with Harry. And I will tell you the Malfoy secrets ain't got nothing on the Crouch secrets Ain't got nothing on the secrets we're going to learn from the other house elf that we meet, which is Creature. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting, though, that Winky mentions it here because it's also maybe kind of a little bit of foreshadowing. Because we're going to hate the fuck out of Creature in book five. Yeah. Reminding us that these house elves know so much. Why is Snape going to use that very him on Harry where he could use it on Winky? Put in Winky's Butterbeer. That's another thing that they talk about. They're like, butterbeer butter beer isn't that strong. It's like, uh, Winky is Teenagers a lightweight. Teenagers drink it, but she's a tiny little shit. sock bitch. She's, of course, going to get fucked up on Butterbeer. I mean, I'm going to put it out there. Physical size does not always have a... Lightweight, heavyweight. That's true. But house elves, because Dobby says they affect house elves. I would imagine it's just like how... Because house elves are tiny. Yeah, house elves are tiny. Well, and it hits them differently. They have different kinds of magic than wizards. Put that there to serum in her butterbeer. Then she'll start we spewing. All the info. After this, there is this like moment of introspection when they go back up to the Gryffindor Tower. And I want to focus on it because I think it's really beautiful. I think that Harry is trapped in thought and he is like looking at the scenery and everything and noticing all these things out the window. <clears throat> oh, when Hermione and Ron are being annoying and he just goes to the owlery yes. by himself. Yeah. Yes. It's in the owlery. Yeah. Not in the Gryffindor Tower. But he's like watching Hagrid out there making a garden and then Maxine comes up and is like, Hagrid, I'm sorry. I would like to suck your dick again. And Hagrid's like, <laughs> and no, And Harry bitch. can hear it from all the way in the gallery. And That's he's right, because like, they got big, loud voices as giants. <laughs> and he's like, I am so fucking scarred. I can never unhear that. Yeah, and he's like, no, you trapping, bitch. And then Maxine goes back to her thing, and Hagrid looks up and gives a thumbs up. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, Harry's got my back. But then it starts to become dusk. I like some of these quiet moments where we do get to see the inside of Harry's mind to an extent. And it's not necessarily that, but it is like just this beautiful moment. I feel like at Hogwarts, that is something I would always kind of be doing. And I like that it's here because Harry does have some of these moments in a couple of the books already that we just get a little bit of him observing. It's usually him observing what's going on. He's usually looking out a window or something. Like when he watches Crookshanks and Sirius. That is something I was exactly going yeah. to bring up. Yeah. I think that it's important that Harry has these moments. We didn't really learn anything from this scene, but it was nice. Yeah, exactly. 
the fact that we didn't learn anything, I think, makes me like it even more. Yeah. I mean, you did not learn anything. You know, Hagrid's digging and you find out the next day it's because he was... Oh, I thought you were about to say Hagrid's dick ain't gonna get sucked. (laughs) I mean, Harry doesn't want to think about that. Sometimes he has no choice. (laughs) He saw them fuck in the woods a few chapters ago. That's still scarring him. Poor Harry. I'm surprised he isn't up there with Winky. Drowning his sorrows in butterbeer. (laughs) It's gonna take a lot of butterbeer for him. This far into the book, I think sometimes we lose more of the beauty of the world. Mm -hmm. And that is such a simple moment. It does remind me of in the last episode when we were talking about when he, Hermione, and Ron go down to the end of the street in Hogsmeade. Mm, And it is that very beautiful kind of real sort of thing. Since we are knee-deep in conspiracy and drama... It's nice to see these flashes of just realism until we get to the end of the chapter when realism is like, okay, we can like not deal with realism again. The chapter Thank you. is rough. Yeah, we'll get there momentarily. After this, this is where... Yeah, this, this is where chapter the, is the hate mail. Yeah. This is internet trolls. Mm-hmm. Who has the time to write a teenage girl in school and include anthrax in the fucking envelope we're going out of our way to fucking bully this child who has the time who gets that invested in someone else that they don't even fucking know a part of me is almost like this isn't rita's fault her readers are fucking rancid yeah sounds like other followers of other people oh surprise you see it on the internet all the time and people trying to get invested in other people's business or trying to tell people you're not correct because you are xyz why are you focusing on me focus on yourself because it's that's where there's some issues because this has been adam's like mantra since book one and we see no one has listened to him pay attention to yourself (laughs) be selfish sometimes we look at people in these books and we think oh they're being selfish and there's a good way to be selfish and there's a bad way to be selfish i think yeah but this is a place where Let's not even say that it's Hermione. It's people digging into other people's lives where they are not welcome. There is no cause and effect or anything. It pisses me off when I see, like, the troll comments on social. This is why I'm rarely on social anymore, because I don't want to deal with it. Whether it's someone saying things to me, which really never fucking happens. I try to only put positivity on social media. If it's not that... It's seeing, you know, comments on other people's posts and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to see it anymore. We're not to this point yet, but it is even more painful that Molly Weasley engages in it by giving Hermione a much smaller egg. I know. Hey, at least she got an egg, I guess you could say. But Molly, you know Hermione. You know Harry. Obviously, that is not the case here. We'll talk about that yeah. in a few chapters. This is yeah. one of the only times, spoiler, that Molly loses points, I think, probably. I can't imagine another time when she loses points. Yeah. It sucks. But then again, nobody's perfect, which is unfortunate because up to this point, Molly and Pomfrey, they've been like top two. And Pomfrey's fans. never going to lose points. Oh, come on. Pomfrey's like the golden child. Yes. Pomfrey is to us as Crumb is to Igor Karkaroff. She's even better. Dix is to Percy Weasley as Pomfrey is to us. Speaking of. We would suck on up. Poppy Pomfrey all day. It's more of the story, listeners. Don't send death threats to people that you don't fucking know. Right. Online. Also, don't send death threats to people. <laughs> that you know. <laughs> Fair. Good point, Tara. Like, Good point. He's like, this is the bottom line. Don't send death threats yes, to people that you don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, can we stop with yeah. the people? <laughs> death don't threats send to death people. threats, period. Also, don't get involved in shit that doesn't pertain to you. Respect people's boundaries. It really bothers me that people did this. 
I feel like a little pug bitch. She's like rubbing her hands together. <laughs> Got Hermione so back. She's like, this. I'm so cool. I told Rita Skeeter that Hermione was ugly and now people will be sending her boo tooper puss. To that point that I just said, like, the way that these people are reacting is not Rita's fault or Pansy's fault. It just shows, like, that people like to get involved with other people. Mm-hmm. Mind your own business. People Jesus. trash. That is unfortunate. She goes up to the hospital wing, so at least she gets to see Quinn. That's right. I meant Poppy Pomfrey's like, are you fucking kidding me? And she'd be saying what you'd be saying. Yeah. Mind your business. Exactly. Leave this girl alone. I cannot fucking believe this is what I have to deal with. You, you know she would. So she misses her biology. Yeah, that is where she does the, oh, Potter, why was your girlfriend upset at breakfast? Did you break up with her? So, again, who is Hermione's boyfriend? Is it Victor Crumb? Are we making fun of her because it's Victor Crumb? Or are we making fun of her because it's Harry? She knows what's fake and what's not. She's just being a little, like, conniving bitch. She's a bitch. So then they go to Care Magical Creatures, and oh my god, Hagrid really has taken upon himself to create a curriculum. They're Nifflers. And it's the best character in the whole series. I love them. It's Nifflers. I love Nifflers. We waited three and a half books for this. Ron is like, I want a Niffler. I'm like, right on, Ron. Who could blame him? Nobody! Meanwhile, Newt's commander's like, you don't want a Niffler. They're destructive little fuckers, but yeah, they're good. <laughs> he, like, comes up as, like, a hologram and is like, Ron, no, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just oh, thinking about it. I did it. <laughs> I wish. I wish Ron would get a Niffler. He could use a redemption arc, and all he has to do is get his hands on a Niffler. Like, suddenly Ron is everyone's favorite because he has a Niffler. Yeah, of course. You can be a little ass- the entire rest of the book. Get a Niffler, boom. Everyone's favorite. Everyone loves you. They also describe the Nifflers as being like cuddly and everything. This is where also Hagrid is like, hey, Goyle or Crab or one of you ugly bitches. That's exactly don't, what he says. Don't steal the gold because Leprechaun's gold and it'll just vanish. The first thing I thought of was like, oh, Bagman, since he paid back the twins and Leprechaun's gold. That's the whole deal with the twins. Yeah, but then Ron brought up the other thing. Ron does have a little bit of a redemption arc, and he's like, hey, why didn't you say anything? Like, my, the gold disappeared. And of course, Harry was like, oh, I don't fucking care. My heart always feels, like, sad in these moments because cause Ron's like, oh, must be nice. I hesitate to be like, yeah, Harry's a privileged little bitch because this is not... Oh, I don't think it's that at all. I don't think it is either. I think a lot of people have brought that up in the past. Harry is just not thinking about that. He, he has worse things to think about. Didn't Right. He didn't have this gold prior to being 11. Also got to worry about the fact that everyone seems to want me dead and I'm just a kid. Ron, this whole him being poor thing is very much at the forefront of his life and his existence. Every time this gets brought up, someone on some of the other podcasts or when people comment on social media posts or BuzzFeed, they'll be like, Harry is ungrateful and he's a privileged snot. I don't think there's ever a moment where we get that. I don't think so either. I feel like he's always a grateful person. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair for Ron to be like, that must be nice. Like, I don't think about that. Yeah. That's- he's grateful for this world too, but also it came with a lot of consequences mm-hmm. based on who he was. Harry could be at Stonewall High wearing gray clothing that Dudley used to have just, you know, being the weird kid. And that wouldn't be fun, but people wouldn't be trying to kill him. I mean, people would probably be threatening to, but they wouldn't. But I do appreciate this moment of vulnerability with Ron for sure. Hermione comes back and her hands are bandaged up. Hagrid's like, hey, don't worry about it. I got a lot of letters too. 
I feel like Hermione is upset that her hands got fucked up, but I also feel like she is in the same boat with Hagrid in terms of thinking that way. Like before where she was like, well, this is stupid. Why is this article even written about me? Right. These people who are writing me these things are like inconsequential to my actual life. I just think she handles all of this very gracefully. I do too. Of course, while Rita did not control all these trolls' behavior, she does immediately say that she wants to get her revenge, which I do kind of appreciate. Yeah, I so, mean, also she's a human being and she's allowed to be annoyed and mad. And, and she wants some sense of justice. Someone, probably Harry, is like, maybe she had you bugged. Hermione is like, how many times have I told you? Read Hogwarts history. Oh, you're right. Who All knows? this technology goes haywire. This is the reason why they don't have Wi-Fi, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Ron's like, what, put fleas on her or something? It's clever, though, because she is a bug. I know. I like it. So Harry's kind of right. I like those little (laughs) clues and stuff. Then they get Percy's letter back, and I'm just like, oh my god, Percy. Like His letter is so fucking ridiculous. Every time he comes up, I'm like, you are so rude. This is what I've told the Daily Prophet. Everything's fine. He's taking a break. And then, of course, a couple pages later, we're like, Percy, you don't know shit. <laughs> he clearly does not. I feel like it's really just him being like, well, this is what I was told to me. I mean, which is probably a good PR thing, honestly. Maybe there is, like, a PR person at the Ministry of Magic that is like, now, Percy, these are the statements that you're allowed to give because obviously you don't want to say the actual thing and cause widespread terror all of a sudden on the flip side i mean you want the public to know i don't know at least maybe it's a good pr move the way that he like responds is just so snotty he's so snotty i get it percy people have not been nice to you basically your whole life but you're kind of a little bitch I'm almost like, why even respond? That is my actual also response to that. But at the same time, there are people who just love to be like that. Yeah, like anytime someone asks them a question, they have this air of... It's like superiority. Yeah, it's like an ego-driven thing. I used to work with surgeons. These types of people just kind of want to like get back at you and show that they're better than you in mm-hmm. some way. Even if they're not and they're in the wrong, they do it in the most condescending. Way. Yeah, very yeah. condescending way possible. I feel like it's also just like unprofessional. We didn't really mention this in the last episode. We mentioned Percy, but the whole point of bringing Percy up was to ask him about Crouch. And even when I read that, I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the best idea, but. Right. Alas, that's not what they did. So, and then this is where Hermione gets her tiny egg. Tiny egg. And then they're like, field trip, let's go look at the hedge maze. It's like fucking nine o'clock at night. Like, why are we doing shit so late? Yeah, that's a good point. Couldn't they do it in the morning? Apparently fucking I mean, of course they have to do it now so that they can isolate Harry near the woods. Right? This is a Harry Potter book. (laughs) Bagman is bouncing off the walls. Don't worry, you'll get your Quidditch pitch back. There will be creatures in there. Also, Cedric's like, but Quidditch pitch, because it's his last year. And also, he could die. It's his last year. It's his last couple months. It's his last everything. Yeah. He doesn't even get to say goodbye to the Quidditch pitch. The true tragedy of this book. (laughs) Bless him. So once they go away, that's when Crumb is like, hey, come over here. I got something to say to you. Why are you sleeping with my woman? Hagrid. Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid's the one who's sleeping with Hermione. That's the big plot twist of this chapter. Harry's like, I'm not. We're just friends. Blah, blah, blah. I really love this moment. Me too. It's a good moment between Harry and Crumb. It's an honest moment too. 
all these ways that people are interacting with one another in this chapter, in fact. The way that these unnamed people are sending Hermione hate. Or the way that Percy thinks that he can send this condescending letter to yeah. Harry. This is a moment of honesty and vulnerability and just like openness. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to make sure that you're not trying to elope with my lady. And also, he probably wants to know what's up with Hermione. Like, why would Hermione lead him on? Maybe he's hurt by that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he has to have Harry clear it up because maybe he doesn't want to hurt her feelings by bringing it up to her. You know what I'm saying? This is all very real teenager stuff. Yeah. It's very but, real so, stuff anyway. Speaking of that, too, and I cannot remember where this was, but Crumb had asked Hermione to visit him during the summer. Was it, it was the last chapter? It was the last chapter. So that's a nice little, like, detail, too, because it shows that Hermione isn't necessarily, well, she could very well be leading him on. But the conversation didn't stop when Crumb pulled her out of the water. Like, they've still been talking, they've still been sharing yeah. moments together. I think where it comes from is not so much Hermione, but is from everything that was in that article. People somehow still thinking that everything that Rita writes is accurate, even though it's sloppy. So he just wants to, like, clear it up. So he goes right to the source. Yeah, I mean, who wonderful. could blame him? He does it the exact right way, and then as soon as he figures it out, he's like, Oh, by the way, you're a great flyer. And Harry's like, oh my god, nothing positive ever happens to me. This is a good thing to hear. Oh wait, we have to be interrupted by a fucking psychopath. Interrupted <laughs> by the most terrifying thing. It really is written very terrifying. I need to bring this up. The reason why this is the most terrifying thing is because it's real. Giant spiders don't exist. Giant snake in a basement don't exist. Sheets with a hole don't exist. I mean, I'm sure people probably have a sheet in the hole so they can stay warm when they rub themselves off, but they don't bite you back. Having to read about your future in 20 years, hobbling out of the woods like a drunk, <laughs> crazy person. Whoa, that's scary. I'm looking into my future. It's like divination. <laughs> my boss actually just told me the story about this time that she and a friend were at a bar in the Akron area and how this drunk, bloody guy stumbled out of the woods near the parking lot and like wanted them to take him to the hospital. Okay, so I did not think about this. I have a situation like that, too. I used to work at Mally's. If you're not in the greater Cleveland area, that's like a chocolate shop, and some of them have ice cream, too. This was years ago. We were in a shopping plaza, and there was a bench outside the store, and someone went out to, like, smoke a cigarette. They saw him on there, and he was bloody on his face and everything. They were, like, trying to help him and stuff, and he, without saying anything, just got up and just walked down towards, like, apartments on the other side of the shopping center. And so we went to call the police and everything, but he had also shit through his pants on the bench. One of the people who was out smoking came inside and got the plastic gloves that we would use to get the chocolates and a spray bottle and cleaned his shit off the bench. Well, that was nice of them. I think there are so many instances where something happens in public and people are more inclined to take the easy way out of just ignoring it when mm -hmm. they could be helping somebody who is in serious need. Like, you hear that in true crime so many times when people just kind of ignore it and it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, do something. There's something that has to be done. It's just crazy. So that's what Harry and Crumb try to do. They try to help. Crumb try kind of was like, oh, I don't want to. And Harry's like, uh, we need to go get Dumbledore because this guy is asking for Dumbledore. And he keeps calling me Weatherby, which is really rude. And <laughs> he's like, where the Jorgens is dead and all this other stuff. And eventually. Harry really takes charge of this. Yeah. And that's why I'm so annoyed when he comes to the castle and Snape's like, 
No. Oh, and fucking, and I'm like, yes. get out of here. Before we get to that, though, the fact that you said that he takes control of the situation, he totally does. Because he leaves someone with him. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Victor Crumb is not paying Well, attention. initially, the way that the scene was going was that Harry was trying to send Crumb away. But he keeps asking for Dumbledore. And obviously, Harry getting to Dumbledore is going to be easier than Crumb because he knows the castle. Also, Harry's used to just dire shit happening. In terms of Snape not listening to Harry, too, I mean, it just shows. It's the same thing I was talking about. Like, there's an emergency happening. I wonder how how quickly, though, like, that happened. What if, had he not been detained by Snape for 90 seconds or whatever, what if they'd gotten down there in time? Yeah, and he didn't, like, knock out Crumb and everything. Because, spoiler alert, Crouch did not attack Crumb. Barty Crouch Jr. did. Because he's not dead. <laughs> wow, what a huge spoiler of this entire thing. Who do you think you are, the movie? <laughs> we when none of this shit happens in the movie? No. We're not there yet. We're, we'll be there we'll soon. Get, but I, I wonder how too late they were. Yeah. Dumbledore has all of these, like, contraption stuff, but we've talked about, too, how he does have some sort of psychic tendencies and stuff he's always kind of like where he needs to be at the right time so luckily when Dumbledore does come out it's almost unfortunate like it's another opportunity that the author used to just show Snape's disdain for anything like it doesn't matter what the situation is truthfully he could have just gone to McGonagall honestly Harry should be relying more on McGonagall I think yeah but I mean Crouch asked for Dumbledore that's true but like in order to get to Dumbledore maybe that would have been an easier way to do it Whatever. Regardless, Dumbledore comes down, Crumb's knocked out, Crouch is gone, Igor shows up all of a sudden, and then Hagrid and Fang come over too. I don't really remember how Igor gets there. He licks his finger and puts it up, and he's like, Crumb is in trouble. And so he goes down, and he's like, you knock out my No, I mean, Hagrid goes to get him. Oh, Hagrid goes to get Igor. Yeah, Hagrid goes to get Igor. Okay, so Hagrid goes to go get Igor, and then... Because Dumbledore tells him to. (laughs) Igor is going off about how this is rigged and blah, blah, blah. I mean, at this point, I totally get his frustration with all of that shit. I get it too, but it does show the decline of Igor when we're talking about people spiraling out of control. Yeah, he's a lot. And then this is where Hagrid picks him up and punts him. You know, like in cartoons, when somebody gets, like, (laughs) punched really hard, and he goes out in space and little star twinkles. Yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbledore is like, get Harry the fuck out of here. He really kind of does. And so Hagrid takes him up and like, Harry doesn't like, even get to be like, is my new friend okay? This goes so fast. I it just, is... I feel really bad for Harry and Crumb in this moment. Like, they're the ones that experienced this. And then they have a bunch of adults that, frankly, are not pulling their weight taking over this situation. Again, it's like the lack of mental health awareness. Yeah. With everything. Like, it has nothing to do with what happened to these actual students. No one really asks. I mean, I think someone does ask Crumb if he's okay, but it's not a priority. They're like, bye, Harry. Thanks for doing all the work. Get out of here. Yeah. And then on the way back, (laughs) so much for, like, what Hermione said about, like, international camaraderie. Hagrid's like, all these foreign people are fucking up my life. Hagrid is a cranky racist bitch right now. Yeah. Like, Hagrid, why? Harry's like, we cheered for him at the Quidditch World Cup. He's good. No, fuck him. No, he has an accent. What was Hagrid doing in that hut where he got, like, interrupted and had to come out here? Oh, maybe that's Madame Maxime was in there. It's, like, full circle. Well, I think one of the things that Harry witnesses when he's, like, having his tranquility moment up in the alley watching, he watches Maxime go to Hagrid's and then not stay very long. Like, I don't know if he's just still reeling from that disappointment, whatever that was about. I don't know. Maybe they did make a date, and they were snuggled up in bed, and then Dumbledore was like, get out of here, Hagrid. We got an emergency. 
Hagrid's like, why do I always have to be nice? I want to be a bitch today. Yeah. I mean, at least he was a bitch to Igor, but then he could have just been like, okay, Harry, time for bed. Yeah, he like really came hard for Harry. I was like, come on. Not even that, but I think his comments about all these international women. Yeah, Crumb, and then he being like, well, I'm going to talk to Hermione. And I'm like, oh, stop. Hermione and Harry have made friends with these international wizards. Thank you very much. Yeah. So fuck Mary Kill. Speaking of fucking, which is what Madame Maxime was doing with Agrid before he got interrupted and had to come out and <laughs> eat fucking Karkaroff. This was a difficult one, too, because there wasn't a nice pairing of three different things. So I was going to do, like, what they were doing in their respective classes, but there were only two things, so I made up a third one, sort of. Fuck, Mary kill between Niffler's hex detection, which is what was happening in Defense Against Dark Arts. Mm-hmm. Because they never talked about what's happening in herbology. So the third thing is magical hedges, because it sort of has something magical to do with herbology. Hedges. I mean, we're gonna marry Nifflers. Of course, there's no other option there. Nifflers have to be married. I feel like I'm gonna fuck hex detecting. Me too. Why not? I'm gonna kill hedges because we don't actually know what they did there. So the hedges are kind of temporary. They ruined the Quidditch field. Yeah, sure, they're gonna get the Quidditch field back and everything. But you know what? It doesn't change the shock that you feel when you walk up and you see your Quidditch field is now covered in hedges. Also, Cedric's gonna die in those hedges. So just kill the hedges, and then right. Cedric doesn't have to die. Hex detection is also like useful. Yeah. Hex detection actually is a good candidate for marriage, but not when it's up against Nifflers. Yeah, we love the Nifflers. Nifflers are the best. We watched a minute and 30 seconds, maybe. And it was so upsetting. From a few chapters ago, if you recall, he comes out of the lake, he's wrapped in a towel, Barty Crouch is there being very sane and not sickly looking at all, and is like, oh, I'm sorry we never got to talk to anything. I'm such a big fan. I've heard your story so many times. Blah, 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 blah. Moody comes up and he's like, hey, get your filthy mitts off of Potter, and then does his little tongue thing, and Barty Crouch goes up to him and like looks him in the eye and is like, Nothing. And then he walks away. Yeah. What's really frustrating is that he does say the line about his tragic family history or whatever, and you're like, oh, that could be useful if we'd done this movie correctly, because tragic family history. And then we see this added scene. They're just walking through the woods. It's Ron, Hermione, Hagrid, and Harry. The three of them are like over here, and then Harry's just randomly by himself. And then he just finds Crouch dead. And that's in the meantime, it. Ron and Hermione are singing the Hogwarts theme song. Right. And that's it. Zero things happened here that are correct. He's just dead out of the blue. A couple minutes ago, he was fine. If you remember the chapter we just discussed and how we talked about how Crumb believes that Crouch attacked him. And now we're just going to go ahead and right now show Crouch is dead. Crouch is dead. It's almost kind of like, oh, Moody notices that Crouch is there. Let me say something to you and then let me kill you. And two minutes later, Harry gets to find Yeah, it's just... You know, so this section of the movie is, one, missing correct things. And two, it was like a good opportunity to give the actor playing Crumb something to fucking do. And two, giving the actor playing Crouch this scene that probably could have been really fucking good. Add something dramatic as we're leading up into the most dramatic thing ever. Yeah. Well, even, like, timing-wise, we are still, like, end of February, beginning of March, at the very beginning of that scene. They came out of the water first, and then they skip several months, as far as we know. 
feels like, oh, second task is over, we gotta get rid of Crouch as soon as possible. Fuck all this other stuff that happens in the middle. Right. For all we know, it still could be, like, beginning of March when Crouch is dead there, when, in fact, in the book, it is Easter, late April, beginning of May, because mm-hmm. the edges are going up. So it's almost, like, even, like, a disregard for the timeline and the timing and everything. I'm sorry, Hagrid wouldn't be wandering through the forest with students singing, why are we in the forest? Don't these children have somewhere to be? Shouldn't we all go back in the castle and dry off and be warm? There's definitely a time skip, because I think even Harry's in, like, normal clothes. Yeah. But, like, it is kind of creepy even, too, when Crouch decides this is the perfect time to strike up a conversation with Harry. And he is still in his towel, and his hair is still wet. Right? It's February. Everything about the scene is sloppy, and there is that one moment where Moody, like, adjusts his eye, and he's, like, the Terminator. And you can kind of see, like, the the computer part of his eye. Apparently the director didn't read Hogwarts history, because that technology would go haywire around all this magic, insinuating that his eye is a computer. It's just rough. It's bad. It's rough. And the thing is, is that it's not even just that it's bad because it doesn't do what the book does. It's the choice to do all of the things that it does also does not work. Yeah. So this movie gets an F this time. I was saying to Adam when we were watching it, it would get a better score if they didn't even attempt any of this shit. Sure. There's so many other ways they could do it, but like this is beyond like cutting corners. This is cutting everything else and keeping the corner. First of all, 50 to Nifflers. <laughs> of course. 20 to Dumbledore for coming to the rescue, plus 15 to Hagrid for the Nifflers. He has his curriculum figured out. He also stands up to Karkaroff. Although I will say that I was prepared to give Hagrid more points, so he gets some docked for being racist at the end. Yeah, fair. Someone also who gets docked points is Hermione. She still gets points. She gets 10 points for all the hate mail and having to deal with all of that. Originally, I was probably going to give her 15 points, and it's reduced based on her insensitivity to the elves. Mm-hmm. So 10 to her, 10 to Crumb for his really great moment with Crumb. Harry. Plus 10 to Ron, because we all feel bad because he's poor, and he also felt guilty about like the gold thing, too. It wasn't just like, yeah. oh, I'm poor. You saw some like humanity there. And also plus 10 to Winky, because she is going through it. That's all positive points. Negative points, negative 5 to Snape, Molly, and Percy. Molly for giving in and listening to the article about Hermione mm-hmm. and like taking it seriously is I feel like that's out of character for her. I mean, it's in character but out of character at the same time, you know. Negative five to Snape just for like ignoring Harry. He's done worse, but it still needs to be brought up. This is the wrong way to be selfish. When I was talking about selfish earlier and it's good to be selfish but bad to be selfish, this is the wrong type of selfish. When someone needs you and you just completely ignore it. And then negative five to Percy because your letter is stupid. Negative ten to Igor for coming in and like assuming things and kind of having a little tantrum. Negative twenty to Pansy. <laughs> a lot of this, I think, was kind of spurred on by Pansy. Could say that was spurred on by Rita too. But Pansy is watching the results of her shit talking and she's kind of like reveling in it. And she's a bitch. And then negative twenty to Crouch for being creepy coming out of those woods all like bloody and and weird like and breaking up a romantic moment and negative 50 to online trolls online trolls because that is what like infuriated me the most in this chapter is just like the power of gossip and blindly believing shit and then thinking that you can do something about it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna recap that because that was a ton of points plus 50 nifflers 
plus 20 Dumbledore, plus 15 Hagrid, plus 10 Hermione Crumb Winky, negative 5 Snape, Molly Percy, negative 10 Igor, negative 20 Pansy, and Crouch, and negative 50 Online Trolls. Got it. Lovely. Next time we will be reading chapter 29, which is called something about the third task probably. Um, no. We're not there yet, but um, we're getting It's there. the dream, I think. I think you're right. It's the dream. Harry probably goes to bed and dreams about that romantic instance he had with Crown. He'll be like, I can't wait to get back in there with the library. I hope Hermione doesn't look, find us. So that's what happens, guys. See, we can just skip that episode now. You know what happens. <laughs> Don't skip that episode. Don't. Listen to us all the time. It's going to be great. We haven't recorded it yet, but we just know. So have a good one, friends. Yeah. Bye. What'd you say? Bye. Oh, I thought she said cry. I was like, no, honey, that's what you do. When I leave, she goes into her room and she just can't hold it back. Yep, that's exactly what happens. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. BasicSnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora! Oh, now people can get into your house. They're a their toe. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.